shitting. This bitch, this bitch right here, she got frozen. Motherfucker, mm. I went over to the motherfucking freezer and I pulled out a motherfucking moose headlight and I said, shit. All right. This bitch is All frozen right. as a motherfucking uh, nigga. All right. That's what? Wow. Oh, hey. Wow. <laughs> Cat wow. Williams, not... Um. Not here. Oh, is that your Cat Williams impression? Is that, that was, what it is? That was actually Cat not, Williams. Not, not things that you just scream out a window he's, he's as you're driving out. by uh, the, uh, maybe, the local, maybe this should be a the false North start. Maybe, maybe a maybe a fucked up. I yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you let, just went hard n word uh, before we began the show. That was, that was to cat. shut the windows yeah, down. That was Cat Williams. No, you said it in your regular voice and then said. <laughs> This is Cat Williams. <laughs> that's that's how I get away from him. Hmm. Like that's how I'm at the grocery store, just dropping hard yeah. hard hours and like. Yeah, that's oh, what. Ca- Whoa! Did you see Cat Williams, that- superstar comedian, just walk through the broad? Guys, this is an impression of Kramer doing Cat Williams. <laughs> that's what he was doing at the comedy Shit. store. Everyone. Everyone knew that Kramer was doing a Cat Williams set. You're not going to edit that out, are you? No, I am not. That's sweet. You <laughs> like that I left the fact there? <laughs> yeah. I mean... No, uh, I'm just trying to ruin... Why, this is why we can't have special guests like superstar comedian Cat Williams mm. show up in your uh, apartment on Pitt Street. Yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> no more walk-ins, Well, guys. I'm just glad... Yeah. You just need an excuse to say the N-word. That's my... I always like that. Well, that, that's one thing I discovered that. since we started doing this podcast together. You just found that need, you need an excuse to say the N-word? Well, there's just horrible racism inside me, and I'm just, like, delighted when I can find an outlet to, to let it out. Like, whenever whenever you bag on Indians, and then I just... Listen, everyone... Uh, it, that, that whole <laughs> thing with Apu really backfired on the Indians. No one has any bones about making fun of Indians now. L- literally every the, every <laughs> podcast I listen to is a. What if it was? What if Bernie Sanders was an Indian guy? I am doing the healthcare for free. <laughs> Donald Trump is a racist man. What are you? You know the bank. Everyone is. What if? Us to make sex in the banks. What if Donald Trump was Indian? <laughs> Let's hear it. Huge crowd. Huge crowd. Very he big was, crowd. He was, she was not my type. She was a dirty whore. I would never make sex with her. Big ankles. Gross. Gross. Gross lady. I would only make sex Your with her maybe one, two times tops. By the way, Indians, there are, there's a certain faction of Indians love Donald Trump. So there's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Indians are pretty much like uh, just you know, white guys from the 90s, aren't they? Like, that's, What do you mean? That's where we're at. That, that, I heard that on Come Down. Good, yeah. You just fucking yeah. <laughs> you hit someone else's fucking bit without there, ever there, having... There were white guys are uh, like around 93. What do you much? mean by that? You just see, like, you see, you I'm repeat the same premise. It's the yeah. same premise that, yeah, that yeah. they did on Come Down. Well, what you yeah. mean is that they... I don't know what you mean, actually. I, I, I don't know. I know I've heard the bit. But I just want to ask you whether you actually heard the bit. I you just heard Indian guys, 90s. And then I just started white, laughing. And then yeah. you just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just decided to steal it. We can't. Well, in your, in your own words, they're like pretty uh, pretty much just white guys. 
as well, a man anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the misnomer about Indian people in North America, at least, if they're second generation, third generation, is that they are uh, in any way, you know, share the experiences of, you know, black people or Asian pe- or you know Japanese people yeah. in America. The 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 history of Indian They're, people in America. Indians in, like super into Gundam or something like that. Like what do you mean? Like, like oh, the internment camps. Yes, I, I meant I, Gundam. I love I love Neon Genesis mm. Evangelion. Dude. I, I would like to make sex to the fourteen-year-old girl that uh, that drives the robot. Accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to make sex on her. Yep. <laughs> I don't know much about Gundam. A robot is making... Oh, look at the robot. Her boobs are being missile. <laughs> Sweet, sexy. Yeah. Put that rocket in his vag- in her vagine. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, you went... That, that's a little more Borat than... <laughs> yeah, because I said vagine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do accents. I mean, I try on the show. You've really... This is why nobody <laughs> You swing for shit. the fences, and it's <laughs> usually... It's it. You swing for the fences, and then the ball hits you on the head, and you fall down because of a concussion. Yeah, in 1994, I got a most improved player award for uh, no, you for didn't. little league. That's <laughs> not true. Yes, I did. No, you did not. They were feeling. They were feeling. They wanted to award me for uh, how I stopped eating the grass in the outfield. <laughs> 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 like that, that's really nice, Brian. You're you're trying to catch the ball, and you're not just trying to eat dandelions. That that's really great. <laughs> You're the most improved player because you've gone from <laughs> fucking eating grass to actually trying to catch the ball. Can we? Can we? Can, can we please give the autistic fat kid a medal? <laughs> He's had so much grass. <laughs> He's just got grass stains all over his face. It's like it's like if I was the retarded kid that got voted prom king. <laughs> Except yeah. I, was, uh, I was eating dandelions and now I'm catching balls. His mouth is full of just, it's just yellow mouth and your <laughs> grass in your head. I like baseball. You have to go to the prom with him. <laughs> <laughs> just a hot chick, just a hot 15-year-old, big tits. You start to walk into the prom with you. Uh, like I'm standing on stage with the crown on my head, just a big grimace bucket full of dandelions. So I'm just fucking eating. Can we, can we not? Can we stop eating brand dandelions? Can we not? Just give them. I don't, do I have to? Do it. Do it for mental health awareness. Did I did I tell the He's st- neurally divergent. Did I tell the story about how I got mistaken as a retarded person? No. Oh yeah, yeah I think podcast? you did. You told me, but I don't tell the podcast. Tell me who listens to the the other person who listens <laughs> to this po- fucking oh, shit. Oh, we show. we lost her when I went hard R when I was doing my Cat Williams impression. Yeah. yeah she's as well shot. as everyone else. But um yeah, no uh when I uh, when I was married and happy. I think you told us, but you know, go on. Well, it's it's always a funny story. It's always good. Uh, I was uh, in chapters uh, with my then wife. Yeah. And then she goes over talking. Reading a pop-up book. <laughs> just <laughs> getting amused at a at 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 uh, all I had is pop-up book. <laughs> <laughs> Actually had yeah. my hand jam one hand jammed down my pants, the other like leafing through a Tig Notaro autobiography, but Yeah. Uh, and then uh, she comes over after speaking to her friend. Like who is that? Oh, um Oh, you know, that's someone I haven't seen in a while. Um, what what she say? Oh, you don't want to hear. What do you mean I don't want to hear? Oh, uh, she uh, she asked me what it was like to be your caretaker. So she thought I was retarded. El retardos. 
Hi. Ritardino. Hi. Can we can we go home and eat Burger King? Can we? Uh, there's a retarded man on aisle three. <laughs> Please clean up on aisle three. Uh, there's nothing to clean up there. I mean, I well, got there's a, there's a man who's there's a there's a retarded man. I mean, my eyes we don't, are, we don't we don't really clean up. The, the, my eyes are kind of downsy. I mean, like that's not those kinds of people. That's weird. Uh, kill. Kill him. Kill retarded man. Are you <laughs> sure you're supposed to say that as the manager? <laughs> uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we we will be closing the store because uh, there there's a man with there's a disgusting fat man. <laughs> Is that why uh, the particular chapters had like such outstanding Yelp reviews? Because they just that's right shoot retards on sight. <laughs> like, that's right. Ooh, oh boy. Yeah. What man? This is the one that's gonna get get us kicked off Apple, I think. Why? <laughs> that's two hard R's and two different. That's contents. all you, dude, and that's not me. This is a joke. You said retarded. Oh yeah, I did. I found out that you have to that that you don't say mentally ill anymore. No. What do you, What do you say now? Neutral. New. Neural diver. Neurally divergent. Uh. Yeah. Actually, I've heard that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although I thought that was I thought that was more. Uh, like within the realm of uh, the autism spectrum, not every single thing under the DSM. Like that's neural divergent. I think is the yeah, yeah. There's a a way of describing someone who's on the spectrum as like neurobeautiful. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have heard that one before. Yeah, that's a oh. Well. It's it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. I call myself penisily divergent. <laughs> Is that because it goes inside instead of outside? Like It actually looks like a trident. It's like a tiny <laughs> like trident. A trident. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, yeah. Every every time you're about to fuck, you just yell out unleash the kraken. That, what? Yes. <laughs> that's what yeah, that's what I scream at myself in the mirror. Unleash the Kraken! And then my neighbor knocks on the the, the wall. Shut up, you're by yourself. It's Friday night. I'm having sex with my girlfriend. You're ruining it. Why is this neighbor so in detail about what's happening? (laughs) He he explains what the the situation is. So I had her right. That's part of the bit. Bent over, right? And I had her pants down, right? And then then I hear Unleash the Kraken, and I go immediately (laughs) soft. Unleash the Kraken. Um, I bet that's uh, what uh, Liam Neeson says every time before he takes a piss. Just declares it to the urinal. He's got a big penis. That's what I heard. Who did you hear that from? My glory hole that I visit, <laughs> that he visits often. <laughs> you should be and here he, when Liam comes That's what around. he calls me. He calls me a black bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you black <laughs> bastard. Stop <laughs> looking at my, out, pe- my I'm going to take out my shillelagh yeah. and I'm going to stick it in this hole and... Hit some black bastards in the come back on, of the teeth. Come on, come on. We had, we don't have, we had a good show with, uh, what is the last time that I saw you? I think the last time that I saw you was what? Uh, that was Sunday. At, uh, oh, yeah, and then there was the other show before that? Yeah. At the Five and Dime? Yeah, the Five and Dime. That's pretty all right. Yeah, that went really well. That was a good show. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I hate shit. I, I recall it being a good show. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we saw that movie too. Um, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh I want to uh then we want Were you at Mark's? No, I went to... How was your show in uh, the Bathurst? Fucking awesome, actually. Really good. Yeah. It was uh, about a quarter full, so it wasn't as big a crowd as it normally was, but, like, I did okay. John killed it. Okay. Yeah. No, it was... uh, I love Bathurst. I love going up there. Love the French. Do you? I don't think you well, do. I, I kind of actually hate the French, just not yeah. that that particular community. <laughs> yeah, I think so, you do well in two shows. You're like, I love this town. <laughs> this is my favorite. I mean, that, that's about when I'm going to start doing poorly. Anyways, they're going to hear this podcast. They're going to know that. No I'm one is going to listen to this podcast. You have this <laughs> delusional idea that we that anyone is listening to this. I know what the num. No one list. No one. No one's listening to this. Why no one is going to cancel you? No one. There's I'm no career s- that's I, I coming coming out of this. It was because they're going to cancel me. I was going to say because they thought it was garbage. But. Yeah, I mean, I I put. Why, why are you immediately? That's interesting. I put why zero. are you immediately going to being canceled? Oh yeah, I guess I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> is that something that's been on your mind? I guess so. I guess it has. Have you Good been point. canceled? I don't know. Everyone feels like feel like I've always been canceled, you know. Yeah. That's what being an immigrant is: is being canceled from another country. <laughs> your your, your uh, pilot uh, got rejected and sent over to the uh, Western market. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm being picked up. Uh, Not enough dance numbers. I'm being picked up overseas, like Family Guy. Is that isn't that what happened to Family Guy? Uh, I don't know actually. Because it got canceled after one season or two seasons, and then after a while. Oh, oh yeah, because uh, the fans uh, or something had like something a big happened. writing campaign because they were, and they were buying DVDs, DVD box sets by the dozen. Well, mm. before Netflix, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell what uh, whether or not people, what the, uh, how much people like, how much of that that cancel culture shit is actually permeating you know how much is how much it's actually canceling versus how much it's uh how much it's just affecting the the brains of the people making things you know i like uh, so i think there's definitely something there but you still have a few outliers that so i watched so we watched that tarantino film yeah uh once upon a time in hollywood you want to talk about someone that doesn't give a shit for a cancel cancel culture well the thing is with tarantino that he doesn't he's in a position where he can't be canceled he rejects their hypothesis well, yeah, that was a question that someone asked him at uh, Cannes, I yeah. guess, uh, about why, and then, the, I, why, they, why Margot Robbie's character, why, why, why the Sharon Tate character, and yeah, they've been talking about movies. that a lot lately, and uh, I think that um, word count is a really clickbaity way to try and get, uh, insert you your, because I felt like she got Sharon Tate's character uh, through just by showing and not telling. You know what I mean? Like she. Well, he writes her in this sort of very fetishistic way, right? He writes her as this idealized... This is the problem with Tarrant. I mean, I, to be honest, I've never been... Uh, after Jackie Brown, I, I've never really been a fan of Tarantino's writing or his directing style. I have watched everything that he's made, um, but uh, and I've never really... I can't say I really enjoy any of his movies post except for Jackie Brown and Reservoir Dog. Those are the two exceptions. Not a big Pulp Fiction uh, guy? 
not really man uh, i i mean i like the i like what it at least for its time the what it did for screenwriting the way sort of it seemingly kind of opened up the idea of screenwriting a little bit where the where you have the sort of disconnected timeline right um maybe because i didn't you know I, it's hard to understand what tarantino is attempting to do uh from uh pulp fiction onwards well, pulp, pulp fiction especially cuz pulp fiction like everything past i feel pulp fiction jackie brown included has like a, a an actual tangible genre connection like to something that he's trying to Yeah, but he doesn't do, the, the thing with the genre the, the way the way he does genre is that it's also sort of it's a it seems like a guy who's he's uh their movies about other movies. Uh kind of, yeah. yeah. So it's about him watching the about him uh fetishizing the best parts of the other of of say westerns or the World War 2 movie. Yeah. And so for the most part as a f- from as a, for the most part if you're it seems odd, you know, it just seems like a weird uh you because you can't at least for me I I can't be in his head, you know, yeah. psych- psychologically. So I don't know exactly what he's attempting to do. Why exactly it is that he's doing that why exactly he's doing you're, you're uh, why he's fetishizing it to that extent you're just now, not making that connection <coughs> yeah. yeah until this movie which sort of clicked everything else into place now i'll say that the but that i don't you know uh except for maybe kill bill maybe kill bill is the one exception i'd say to that kill bill i i, I did i i did like those two i did like both uh, both of kill bill but but yeah, Kill Bill, Jackie Brown, and and this one. That's actually kind of surprising a little bit because I know I know you and uh, like your tastes and your tolerance for uh, like genre movies that are kind of bad. Like you, you don't have a high tolerance for that sort of thing, and that seems to be what Kill Bill was about. Like it was the best possible version of that. I think he's less influenced by schlock in Kill Bill than he's more by sort of Kurosawa and the Japanese filmmaking. Obviously, I, yeah. I, there was definitely a touch of that, but I felt it was more uh, influenced by the schlock, like especially part one. Part Maybe. two, not as much. Part two was more of a character piece, but uh, part one was like wall to wall, like Shaw Brothers kind yeah, of maybe. cinema. Anyway, I mean, for for whatever reason, I think the 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 Kill Bill is the worst, is the least egregious of everything post Pulp Fiction is, but but this one, Once Upon a Time, he gets to make i mean it's his best i th- i think it's it might be his best film it's my if favorite. it's if it's not i've thought about it a lot that one since and, we've seen it it's yeah. it's it's edged out jackie brown by like just a little bit well jackie it's a, they're also sort of very different sort of films because jackie brown is the kind of movie it's not his source material so he's confined by the so- source material yeah he's confined by Alert elmore leonard's book and he has to make, uh, yeah, he has to make, he has to write the Elmo Leonard script while also attempting to, you know, be, you know, t- 
to to have his entire his all, all of his Tarantinoism. So in the movie, you have, you know, all of the scenes where uh, one person's listening to the Delphonics, while some one other person is listening to Top Forty, and that's you know his way of dealing with you know different styles of people, different yeah. kinds of people. Like that's a typical sort of Tarantino thing. Oh, there's that and scene. The sort of grisly um, violent, the grisly violence. There's that scene with uh, uh, Ordell uh, sitting out in front of Jackie Brown's house after she gets dropped off, listening to uh, Tennessee Stud by Johnny Cash. Yeah. And just, uh, like, immediate dread. You could see it a hundred times, and you still feel, uh, like, the dread of what could happen. Yeah. But, yeah, and then and then Once Fuck. Upon a Time in Hollywood is sort of... Uh, no, he doesn't just to go back to that for a moment too like robert forrester's character like i love him in jackie brown but jackie. he he he's just there to fucking want to fuck jackie brown and grab a bag like that's his sole purpose <laughs> like i don't know i think he's the sort of you know he's the sort of quiet uh no he's more like a john wayne character he's like one of those old silent western yeah type people that he that uh like tarantino a- uh enjoys it's kind of like uh you know oh it's a great uh, performance and and uh if he feels important even though like in in response to the plot he kind of feels like a sub character almost like he's he's there to uh act as a buffer between ordell and jackie but um like no he's like uh he's like the you know he's the equivalent of the brad pitt character in in once upon a time in mexico well, in, in in hollywood actually yeah not- yeah that's a little bit more apt um Robert De Niro's character is kind of useless, though. I mean, they're all. I mean, the De Niro's funny because yeah. he just oh, like, no, he's goes great. in and he's. Yeah, he is. I guess he's he's hilarious because he just you know attempts to smoke. But that's the thing with the, the, the you know with Tarantino, you have to understand the guy is. Yeah. He he's in love with he characters. Loves Euro- he, he loves well in in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's like a five minute scene where Brad Pitt just feeds his dog, and it's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, that all, that all comes from sort of a. That that all comes from, and I, I share that. I I love that that I that uh, um style of filmmaking that sort of, sort of he calls them hangout movies where you're yeah. like 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 Rio Bravo, right? That's the that's the f- famous example you ever watched. Days and Confused too. Uh, yeah, I've seen Rio Bravo. So yeah. it's where you just you spend a major the plot is very thin and you just spend a majority of these time with the, with these three characters. Yeah. Just hanging out, is like as he yeah, just get a slice of their life essentially, and that's what the majority of this movie is. Until it's a lot the, of talking, the these two people just yammering about, and you know, once upon a time in Hall, like once upon a has a lot of that. Most of the movie, it's com- and it's very different from Jackie Brown because it has, or at least I think it has, it's completely unrestrained, unconstrained by plot in the same way as Jackie Brown is because Jackie Brown she has to you know get the money she has to you know find a way to trick Dell she has to find a way to change the bags there's a whole plan in place that right. there's a whole clockwork mechanism but that's more Elmore Leonard than it is Quentin Tarantino right you know yeah his I touches mean, are more dialogue and audio influence uh, specific scenes that spend a long time with certain characters that are important but don't seem important initially like, yeah. like the whole thing with uh Chris Tucker's character like that that could have been oh, done right. pretty quickly right like but uh, but that's not his style right like no, he, he doesn't he has to have them babble about who got 
you know, yeah. who got who out. And Going over to I Korea with Koreatown yeah, Korea, with those yeah. Koreans. Um, then we'll go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. That's yeah. good eating. Man, I ain't not getting in no goddamn dirty ass trunk man, with no man. goddamn <laughs> shotgun. Man, you you got to be fucking crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. home. I'm high. <laughs> He's hilarious in that. Uh, Whatever happened to Chris Tucker, anyways? Do you ever hear about that? Uh, where there was like when the Jeffrey Epstein thing came out, there was. Oh, Chris Tucker was on. The, his name was on the list, but it's a different Chris Tucker. It's a different it's Christopher Tucker. He <laughs> goes by and Christopher Tucker. Ain't, ain't no goddamn millionaires, goddamn playing fucking kids. Yeah. I want fucking no kids. I ain't fucking no kids right now. Virtuous. I, you don't need to see this shit. He actually talks exactly in the way that he talks in Russia. I, I just figured he was like he, he was like dressed up like his character in the, the Fifth Element. He was just the stewardess. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kids. Come on into the picture room. Yeah, yeah. let's go with Uncle Jeffrey. Bzz, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you understand the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> um, But yeah, I think he... Uh, yeah, there's a... And yeah, Once Upon a Time doesn't have a plot at all. Right? Except for Di- Leonardo DiCaprio attempting to just find a career back getting it back and then attempt you know oh he's he's about to lose his career then sort of finding a career a little bit he's worried about uh, and it's a pastiche of other i'm gonna make shitty italian movies well they were called you know at the time they were called shitty italian now we call them spaghetti westerns yeah um so that spy picture too right like the uh, the one that was pretty much just diabolic, and they just right put him in the yeah, um, yeah, and so it's not it's it doesn't really have a plot except for the fact that you get to watch Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt walk around the swing in sixties be and and be relics of the past, just sort of like Jackie Brown and uh, what's her name then the the and her boyfriend there in Jackie in in Jackie Brown like her what's his name. Oh, um, Robert Forrester's character? Max Cherry? Max Cherry, yeah. Yeah. So they're sort of relics from the past, right? Just walking around, not... And these are the kinds of people that that, that Tarantino loves, right? They just completely... Max Cherry is my favorite line in any Tarantino movie. When uh, Ordell Roby's in there uh, the second time after he killed Chris Tucker, trying to get the other Bond, and uh, he's like trying to do it without putting the the money down, like... trying to intimidate him and make sure he's like do you think white guilt's supposed to make me forget that i have a business that is a great line that was a bad delivery of it. it was like do you think white guilt is supposed do to make me forget guilt? yeah because he's got a uh, minnesota accent he's like from the white plains i was uh hiding in his kitchen i don't know with I a stun know. gun yeah. sitting until morning and I That's realized I uh, don't want to do this anymore. I uh, I just want to plow you out like a like a driveway in February. Yeah. I'm gonna help you steal some money. I'd feel bad if you gave me any of it. Yep. <laughs> um. So. And. Yeah, I don't think he. Yeah, and Deca- and, and and most of Once Upon a Time is. Yeah, it's just that and. Yeah. And Tarantino gets to do the thing that he always loves. 
Well, that he's always that that I think you he's always kind of wanted to do, which is to make a little uh make a movie about watching other movies, he, right? He, and it's he kind of got to make a few mini movies in between. Yeah, movies, yeah, and then you, in the style of those movies, right? Like, so yeah. he's using the film stock, he's using a, using the cameras, he's using, you know. So he's he's doing he's getting to do exactly, and you know whether I like any of that. I mean, the fact that he gets to do what he want, what he wants, it's it's great, yeah. good for him. You know, it, it's nice to see somebody to actually. There's a lot with of like, a voice like today making movies because what it, there's so so much of what actually comes out in the theaters is like you know Marvel stuff and sure. like big franchise stuff like there's not a lot of big movies with someone who has a voice that something they're trying to say something unique I don't think he I mean th- that is up to other people to decide whether or not what he's saying is. Well, then I'm, not, I'm not saying like it's like that, pro- important or profound, but there's something that he wants to say with this movie, even if it's... I don't not, know whether there's anything he wants to say. Well, he, he wants to show this period of time that he idolizes. Like yeah, and there's a sort of sad tragedy about it, right? Like there's, you know, it's a good, it's a fantastic movie, but the sad... It's a lot of sort of, you know, it's a lot of Hollywood myth-making. It's a lot of romanticizing and that's the problem with any sort of appreciation of history right is that or at least i think that right like that's the bit you know uh, the main problem with inglorious for me you know watching inglorious bastards or django unchained was that it's it's like there's something sort of very um weird about uh, it, it, it it's Honestly, I'll just say it's kind it's kind of sick to attempt to rewrite history in that manner, I, especially I don't especially like, specifically slavery and World War Two in those kinds of periods. Well, I, don't, I don't feel maybe. like uh, Django and Chain was really rewriting history. It was a spaghetti western sort of set within uh, times of slavery, but it's not like he it's revisionist history. He, he didn't free the slaves or cause a revolution. Like, like it's a very self contained story. Unlike, um, I mean, that's uh, Inglorious kinda... Bastards, where fucking Hitler gets gunned down, that yeah. is revisionist history. That's yeah. just straight up that. Like, uh, but the inst- you see the instinct though. Yeah, absolutely, and and it, it's apparent in this one. Yeah, he didn't have to it's make. Tough a... to actually talk about this movie without uh, spoiling the third. Oh, act, I but, the yeah. CBC reporter on the radio this morning. She hated it so much. She just ruined the it. Well, she's she like, I'm gonna save ending. you ten bucks. He's a racist. He uh, hates women, and uh, then she spoils the third act. So yeah, yeah, she just totally spoiled the third act on the f- on the uh, uh, on the radio this morning. Not the reporter, the the film critic. Sorry. So did they spend a lot of time during the review talking about how uh, he abused Uma Thurman in a completely separate movie? Oh, there was some sort of a side about. I don't think I I didn't, I didn't hear that part, but I just heard the end of the review where she just totally. Re- <laughs> She just totally spoiled the end, but uh, it was mainly because of the to raise an objection about the about the kinds of violence and blah blah blah, you know. And well, basically, it's because he's been getting away with it when they've been trying hard to cancel him for the last couple of years. So. Yeah, yeah, that that's what it comes down to. It's it's the same thing as their thing with Roman Polanski. See, the thing is that the the, the thing about that ending that's different. 
in that movie in this movie or once in once upon a time as opposed to uh say django and and the other i'd say inglorious bastards and inglorious is bastards. more is it, relevant to this um like i yeah, I, I, mean, I mean django is equal is I, I don't, don't get me wrong i hate django unchained it's it outside of grindhouse it might be the or the other one which one is the other one grindhouse? death proof death proof it's the worst thing that he's ever made I, uh, I, without a doubt. I disagree. And it's not my for, favorite. Except for DiCaprio. DiCaprio is always great, but it's the worst thing that he's ever done. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like... It's um, unwatchable. I, 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 that, that's a, that's a I've watched movie. it, but I, I've watched many bad movies. And I, I you know, I... I, I yeah. You you big spaghetti stand. western guy at all? Or? Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You you like the Dollars trilogy. You like uh, um, the, probably the original Django movies. Yeah. Or at least the first one. I haven't actually watched them, but... Um, First one's great. He's just this guy with a fucking carrying around a coffin with a Gatling gun in it. Yeah, it's pretty much a fistful of dollars, except he has a Gatling gun in a coffin. It's yeah, but I, I think uh, yeah. Once upon a time, I actually I enjoyed a lot of it. I mean, I think uh, you know the humor is all there. DiCaprio is very funny in it. Uh, there is you know some of the the kind of. Um, idolizing of Brad Pitt that he does is clearly like a really nerd, a nerd's version of what he thinks a cool person is. You know, the long shots of his shoes, (laughs) the fact that he, you know, when he has to get up on the, and fix the, Oh yeah, he does like uh, the parkour to get up on the roof. Yeah, and he has to take off his shirt. like they would in 69. Yeah, it's like, why didn't he just somersault up there, dude? What the fuck are you, you know, he had to, he had to put on his tool belt, and he's just sort of fetishizing the clicks of the and, belt and the. And the, the then he has the that daydream where he beats up Bruce Lee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like a cool. That, that's a very that, that's a very ner- that's a nerd's version of what you think a cool person is. Like I, a, I guess people are upset about that Bruce Lee impression. I thought it was spot on. Oh, whatever. People get upset. You see, uh, what I like to do is I never lose a fight. Yeah. I always get the pussy. <laughs> always get the Fair pussy. Day. Never not getting the pussy. Yeah. I'm like water. Yeah. Water always I gets the pussy. the pussy. Yeah. And Brad Pitt's like, I, I don't think you always get the pussy. Yeah, it's also like John Dude, Wayne. What, what did you say about the pussy? I always get the pussy. <laughs> I always eat it. Yeah. All the way to the bone. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this impression. No, it's anymore. good, though. Um, <laughs> you nailed it. Um. The uh, yeah. He. It, it, Why he don't has, you suck on my right. dick? Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Lee copyright. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, it, but some of the all of the great parts are all when the when DiCaprio's life is falling apart or. When oh yeah, when he's in his trailer having that tantrum. Yeah, that's after great. he called that child pumpkin puss. Yeah. <laughs> or when uh, Brad Pitt's feeding his dog in his red, shitty trailer or yeah, whatever that fucking. Yeah, driving. Like yeah, that's great. Junkyard. Yeah. That's some great. Yeah, that scene was, was the fun. That was almost the best scene in the making. movie. And uh, what else is? There's yeah, that the art parts are very you know the the. The extended scenes of of uh, Margot Robbie 
just what I mean, he does the does the thing where he wants to really idolize Sharon Tate, so he just has her being this sort of vir- almost this virginal, you know, yeah. character filled the girl with next innocence door. and uh, everything. Sort of the idol, you know. And she, she thinks it's so crazy that she can go see her own movie, like yeah. And then you know, of course, he has her. You know, because he's a bit of a creep as well, and you know, I get it. You know, I do that. Dirty feet on the back. Her of dirty the feet. That's movie. the kind of everyone's feet in this movie is. I just mean, the, filthy as fuck. One of the best things that he did, just as far as, like, I don't know, and it's the way that I think, you know, the his love of history and the the kind of temperature of the modern day film discourse. Must have bled into his, clearly must have bled into the writing of this film because, you know, such genius. It's genius being able to cast Lena Dunham as one of the Manson girls. I mean, that is <laughs> just, just the fact that that is a, just a great. Uh, was that? That's a great little. Did, did I miss that? Was Lena Dunham one of the Manson girls? Or yeah, you, just... you missed it. Yeah, she yeah, was there. I I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. That wow, that actually makes the point that you brought up that kind of hammer home a little bit more. You know, should we just fucking spoil it? I mean, like it's 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 hard talking about. It. It's kind of the point of the whole movie. Like, well, I mean, the Manson. I mean, the fa- the story of the Manson girls is not that you know the fact that they well they were they talked to... in terms of they they talked in terms of destroying the fascists, destroying the destroying the patriarchy. They wanted I mean, to, they wanted to start a race war. Right? If there's one person who put women in positions of power, it was Charles Manson. Like wasn't that you know? uh, wasn't that, that his was a great uh, line? His actual plan was that the killing Tate and Polanski, uh, like white America would rise up against black America because they would assume that it was their fault. Well, they they wanted he wanted to start the race war yeah. or something like that. But he but the the whole point of it was to get. He thought of these people as fascists. Like he thought all of capitalism was, all of these people were, you know, essentially they they were, uh, they were fascists. They were capitalist right. fascists. So that's the kind of language that he was. That he, I mean, Manson was not a very. He was essentially the Manson. There's a great. I mean, if you're not interested in re- revisionist history, there's a there's a great movie about actually the, the Manson girls called Charlie Says that came out about two years ago that just focuses on the on the Manson girls. It's fantastic. It's actual, you know. It's actually, you know, it doesn't it doesn't do the thing that Tarantino does, which is sort of attempt to change the change what we know happened with you know the Manson family into some sort of into a triumph of Hollywood yeah but the story of the, well, tr- the story of the Manson family is that Hollywood didn't triumph or the 60s or the 68ers and the flower power because you, what you have to remember is that the mo- that those people the the Manson girls were all they were a product of of the of the of the hippies right right all right they they were a, they came out of that. Well, they saw Charles as like a Christ figure, kind of. Like, a, well, their, n- no. What prophet. I mean is that they lived in the sort of the, like they lived they the, they, yeah, lived they in saw a him a, yeah, yeah, and the, they, then they were sort of hippies, is what I mean, right? They come out of they come out of all of the power, power, love, and all of that kind of shit. Do you think there's but any truth were, to but them? They were brutal murderers, like living on an old movie set. Like, is that? Yeah, where... yeah. They lived on an old ranch. Yeah, it's true. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, that's a, they live on a move. They a dude ranch is what they used to call them, right? Where people would just go there to attempt to be, like live like the movies, like the westerns, learn how to learn how to ride a horse. And oh, things okay, like that. yeah, and that explains why. Like, yeah, some of them like wh- that scene where Brad Pitt goes down to say hi to his uh, old friend, and that's where the Manson family's hanging out. Like yeah. they're taking like uh, a couple on a uh, like a horse ride or something like that. Like they're leading them through the valley. Yeah. Yeah, basically all of these people would come to these old abandoned movie lots to learn how to to want to be in a western basically. They were cosplaying to put it in yeah. terms you would understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that I would under Oh, cosplay. Oh, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, but they were like old people doing it, right? Like people have been cosplaying for a while now. Um, <laughs> um Do you think the, do you think they got any steampunk uh, aficionados in the 60s? Like, hi, I I uh I glued a a monocle to my top hat, so uh steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I I glued some glasses over these glasses, so now it's like steampunk glasses. Let's let's go for a horsey ride. Uh, yeah, probably. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the movie I want to see. Yeah. I want to see the yeah, version just of a person. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where like just for one scene when he's out at the Manson Ranch, there's just somebody with a top hat with like glasses glued to it. <laughs> like wearing a cape. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, let's uh let's take you through the valley. Space Valley. <sighs> this isn't working. Huh? No, it's good. That's good. A good impression. Uh, it's a good setup. Um, the f- the world's first Comic Con. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's <laughs> yeah, I like thanks. I like these cool impressions. <laughs> Just fucking bombing my own podcast. Yeah, yeah, good, man. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. I like it. It's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this I think is why other podcasts have editing. What are you talking about? No other podcast I've editing. What are you talking about? Go on. You don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. There's no other podcast that has it. Well, there's all kinds of podcasts that have it. No, they don't. What are you talking about? Anyways, you were Rogan saying... Rogan doesn't have it. You, you were about? saying... <laughs> you just throw out a fact and then you're like, No, don't challenge me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> idiot. Uh, <laughs> um, you're so blocked. Yeah. Cell blocked? Oh, I'm blocked. You're blocked. Oh, okay. you're canceled. Ah. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to spoil. I think I, all of the all of the outrage pieces about it sort of spoil it for you, right? The the fact that there's a there's a scene Horrific of violence, violence against women or something like Brad that. Brad Pitt spends like ten minutes slamming some redhead's face into a brick fireplace. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting that you've that uh, you know at one point suddenly, like the Manson family were murderers. They were cold-blooded killers. They were grisly, brutal murderers, who also happened to be women. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's the interesting. I mean, w- you know, if you want to do the well, I, I psychoanalysis of why it decided why Tarantino decided to revise history in this manner at this particular moment, yeah, maybe it's interesting that he's decided to do that. And it didn't make sense. I mean, at the time when you watch, say, Django, or say you watched, uh, you know, Inglorious Bastards, you're thinking, 
well, why do you need to rewrite history in this manner? And it doesn't, at least at that time, it didn't make sense to me what, what attempt, why exactly he was trying to do this. Right. Except for that he has a very child's, he has a very sort of childlike and adolescent idea of, it's it's a locked in a sort of time capsule of, I just want things to work out in the end. You know? Right. And a Hollywood ender. Correct. Right? I, I, he, because he loves Hollywood so much, right? Like even, <clears throat> he's such a romantic, right? Like, he needs things to work out in the end. Yeah. it's a, it's That's his need in him. But, what is it about the Manson murders that he wants to rewrite? Like, at one end, you would think, oh, he's just trying to make, rewrite it so that old, so, because it's a great idea to have, to be, leave people with the idea that old Hollywood still exists or that idea of old Hollywood still exists. I, I think it's like but, his attempt to, like, even in a fictional sense, save old Hollywood. And, uh, like, basically save an era right at its end, which which is also really interesting because it's kind of coming out at the end of an era as well, too. Like, uh, movie stars aren't what the... You know, they're not a pole anymore. Uh, the, the character, like... I, I, no, the, the kind of... At that period, it wasn't that movie stars were not a pull. It's just the kind of movie stars that were bullying people into the theaters were different. Well, I, I don't mean other. at that time. I mean, like, if you uh, consider now, people don't go to movies to see a specific star as much. There's They'll go to watch DiCaprio. Yeah, DiCaprio, sure. Cruz, and who else? Uh, J- uh, The Rock, Jason right. Statham, um, Liam Neeson to a certain extent for a mm, while. Not as much anymore. Um, but people are more like they will line up to see these big event movies like these, uh, you know, your, your Marvel movies, your end games. Like that's more where the tide is going right now. And, and that will eventually change, too, because it's been kind of 10 years of that. Uh, and the uh, this, like this smaller kind of larger scale film, it's not dying out, but it's certainly not as prevalent as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about, I don't know about that. I think it kind of feels it like Netflix on, has taken over on that front for the most no, part. No, I mean, not even Netflix is not going to. I don't know. I I actually don't know enough about the business. I I feel like it uh, that uh, these things sort of uh, that th- nothing is written in stone as far as uh, as far as what the future is and oh, what no, who absolute, is going to be dominated by which in, by what in the movie business that could change on a dime, but. The fact that this movie has sort of got the biggest open. So anyway, the my point being is that I think mythologizing about old Hollywood is sort of a red herring. I think the interesting thing, to me at least, about who the antagonists are in this movie is more interesting. Or at least the character of what the antagonists are is. They are a hippie. They are a commune of people who go about wanting the end of uh they 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 want to go about ending an institution right right, right. they want to go about doing it through a vi- through violent means yeah, immediately well, well they right explain now. in, in so, the car before they go up and they end up going to the we might as well just spoil it the, the wrong house uh because they noticed dalton and uh, they were reminiscing about how he's on the the old cowboy show like they taught us violence, 
let's go and show them the violence they taught us and rub it out. Yeah. So, I mean, they sound like, yeah, they, if you weren't paying attention, I mean, if you're paying attention, you know, he writes them like you would write, they, they speak like Antifa, and I right? Think, like modern day Antifa. I think they that's speak why like that, yeah. the push against this or movie. Or these sort of modern day is as big as it is internet because leftists, like, yeah. things things calm down on Quentin Tarantino for a bit. Like they were upset about it. Something he said about Roman Polanski in 2003. Right. Uh, and then that ended up cal- calming down. And then this movie comes out and all of a sudden there's this big statement that can be perceived that way because I picked up on that as well. And they're trying to focus on one aspect of that, which is violence against women because they they don't like what he has to say about cancel culture about what they're trying to do well and maybe he doesn't uh, maybe he didn't uh, intend it in that ma- i mean maybe he maybe it's not a i mean and, and it's very possible that i'm just reading into it into what I, into it in the manner that i want to read into it that i in fact am the one who has been poisoned by you know this stuff about you know whatever this cancel culture and identity politics and yeah. all of this the narrative around it so maybe i'm looking into it and trying to you know trying well, to read the tea leaves i'm just you know he's well, put up a tarot card not, and i'm like, like oh this means you know yeah so people are picking up on that and it, and it whether it was the language not, if, that's if all i can tell is that you know if i can hear about what the stories about the or, or the articles about cancel tarantino and uh, Tarantino should be banned. If I can hear about it, right? Yeah. From and and I'm just a reader. As like, I'm not even a Tarantino fan. I was like, boy, they're going after him hard. Like, what is exactly? You know, this was a guy who people considered. Uh, you know, he was sort of the bet. They loved him. I mean, I used to be. I used to get so mad when I used to like like when Tarantino films used to come out. I. I used to watch them only because he used to swallow up the air around movie conversations when we were doing my radio show. And I was the only one, you know, on my radio show who sort of had a, like, I had a, I had an axe to grind for, against Tarantino's movies. Like, and, like you're feeling like he's kind of a pretender or something like that. Like he's, kind of, like yeah. he's pulling I, the wool over everyone's eyes. I, I, a little bit, I had that. Yeah. And I was like, I know what you're doing. And, and, you know, but, if I, you know, and even reading these articles because uh, about uh, about this sort of idea of sort of canceling his career or destroying him, and even I was wondering, I was like, what, what, what exactly are you trying to do? So if it, as a as a person who was a sort of as a person who didn't like his movies, if I could be sort of converted to have some sort of sympathy for him. I imagine what it must be like to be him, have this stuff be read about him by the people who usually uh, loved him, right? So you think it's this still, must be brutal? So it's in the, the minority, of, though. Like uh, he, he, yeah, obviously yeah. it's a minority. It's the greatest, he, he, biggest opening of his career. He's so got it's a ninety-two percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I understand that. However, it's you know the idea that someone says, "Oh, I'm I'm making a lot of money." He'll be okay because he's gonna. He's making a lot of money. He. It doesn't matter. Fine. 
if this was a random comment on youtube i would understand it but this is a pace this is a thing in the guardian right this is a thing in the new republic these are things these are major publications that are putting this shit out right so it's not a these aren't these aren't marginal things in the culture no, not so at all. i don't understand so these are uh, people with an axe to grind against uh, a specific thing that they interpreted that an artist had to say uh, and that just generally also his connections with Harvey Weinstein as well too there's a lot of uh, anger there so uh, i i don't remember uh, didn't Harvey Weinstein kind of get off like didn't he uh, didn't he did. his I'm case sure he got off a couple of times well yeah absolutely but, like his uh, his cor- his case was thrown out or his his last one wasn't it i don't it? know did it? I, I, thought, I thought I read that somewhere, and he's kind of like, like almost a uh, pr- little bit more so than Louis C.K. He is the uh, like the symbol that needs to be toppled f- by the Me Too movement. Like Harvey Weinstein and everyone around him connected to him, tangentially or otherwise, represents some kind of poison that they need to overcome. Well, yeah, I mean, Mir- oh, Miramax produced all of his early pictures, right? Pulp Fiction. Well, even beyond that, the, the Weinstein Company and... produced uh, everything up until this is the first time I've I've seen a Tarantino movie without the Weinstein Company as a logo. Yeah. But yeah, so for whatever reason, I think <clears throat> if I in the last two years, three years, can sort of f- feel as though this that it's sort of he's people have sort of gone after him unfairly. Then I can imagine like when in the midst of writing this, because he was writing, I imagine he was writing this for a while. I imagine at the in the midst of writing this, at some level, he thought, "Fuck these people, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be. enact a piece of history." Because could be yeah. Uh, if we're being honest, uh, they, w- w- all of the all of this SJ, uh, all of the modern leftists, you know, they're so stupid because they don't they don't read their own history. Like it, it's like it f- it blows my mind. That modern, like people who get, you know, they 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 get, you know, there are there are people in the world who I think, even me, like uh, are, are at some level sort of being scared by coming up being because they're being coming after by the you know some sort of internet lefty mob. See, the thing you have to understand about this sort of modern like lefty mob is that they don't they don't read a lot, right? They don't. You have to understand these are people who don't have an understanding of their own history. Right. So they don't have an understanding that much of all of this shit that they've they're attempting to pull right now has already been played out. Has already played out like forty, fifty years back, and it had bad consequences back then, and it's not going to have good consequences this time around either. Right. Right. And the Manson family were a result of exactly that. Right. What is it? You know. Like, the idea that you know it's one of the it's one of it's a recurring theme in american history all the time this is when america lost its innocence you know they say different things uh, america lost its innocence during the civil war america lost its innocence during the melee massacre america lost its innocence during uh, after the manson family murders after 911 now that's for different for different at different points in american history they say it for different reasons civil war for obvious reasons a large battle over slavery, Milai massacre, a war that shouldn't have been fought. Uh, the Manson family was. What, what was. What was the. Why was the Manson murders. Why were the Manson murders uh, important? It was mainly because there was an idea 
of America, of an inclusive America that was built on, you know, love and peace and all of that. Right. That, uh, you know, and it's sort of intersection with entertainment and Hollywood and art that could sort of free or liberate people. But what the Manson murders, why it was sort of the end of, why people thought that why that America lost its innocence at that point was because uh, it was done, the Manson the Manson family were, they were hippies, essentially, right? Yeah. And the, the at that point, the hippies were supposed to save all of us, right? Or at least the hippies were supposed to save America. They were supposed to bring America, the, you know, out from its history yeah, of brutal they, they oppression. They weren't supposed to be the violent wars. ones. They weren't supposed to be, but, but the thing is that they came to violent ends specifically because they thought that they were, they were righteous and that their means... Their, their, their ends justified their means. So right? you see and that, so, uh, being and, the, and then the modern, and modern, uh, like you, you think like um, something's gonna happen where some someone from Antifa is gonna kill somebody or maybe a group well, of people. What do you think? Or, what do you think? Throwing milkshakes at people are they're they're, they're de facto. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's no, I'm I'm not disagreeing. This is Sam Harris's you. point. Just, this is not mine, but yeah. they're de facto, they're de facto assassinations, essentially. Yeah. Right. They mock, they cause, they cosplaying what assassinations should be. And in fact, they they're telling you they they because sort of people live in these sort of virtualized sort of mock, you know, everything's a sarcastic sort of ironic like distance. They, yeah, they're essentially cosplaying an assassination, and that's fine. But it's it is an assassination until so eventually don't it becomes to be anything better than not a mock assassination until eventually that milkshake becomes a gun and yeah sure and yeah. so when people go after Tarantino and they're like well why is he doing this to women you're not understanding who he's attempting to do this to or attempting to attack enact some sort or, of or they understand on. it and they're trying to find a good straw man to to steer the conversation to the into well it's easy to turn the manson family into oh well he's doing it against women yeah that that's what i mean right like, like the manson family put the were focus not... on the women and yeah. all of a sudden you have your easy out then you draw back to uh they were the innocent sort of what marginal ha- women yeah what happened to jennifer jason lee's character where she just gets the shit kicked out of her the entire movie yeah, I don't think they liked Jen. I don't know whether... They, I think they had a problem with that as well. Oh, oh absolutely. I th- Actually, I think, uh, if anything, uh, if there is that message in there, it's the response to that movie and the misunderstanding of why her character was treated that way. I don't think it had to do with her being a woman. I think it had to do with her... Uh, with Kurt Russell being a fucking piece of shit, basically. Yeah. I think everyone in that movie... Like, there wasn't a... There wasn't a likable character in that entire movie, The Hateful Eight. And I think that's why... I, I th- think that's that's the whole point of it, right? Yeah, I think that's why, why I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you're not a big fan of it, but... No, I mean, I, I don't mind. I like Hateful Eight. It's just Django that I hate. That's all. I, uh, I, and uh, that's, that's because his other, his other Grindhouse movies. That's because you don't like seeing, uh, like, the slavers uh, get shot. You're, you're, yeah, no, I enjoy slavery side. only. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, only. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only yeah, thing no, I without do. any redemption. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm writing. Uh, I'm writing my well. Uh, the fact sequel that fan fiction. It's called Django Chained. The fact where that Django the su- gets brought back into slavery again. The fact that, su- that the superior movie of that year, Twelve Years a Slave, Tarantino had to go up to the director of the movie and say, "Oh, I hope there's room for two slavery movies." I think clearly. I didn't know he must- did that. That's fucked up. 
You must. You can't do that. <laughs> you must. I mean, Twelve Years a Slave. If you want to watch a better movie about, you know, uh, the uh, uh, attempting to overcome the, the 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 mentally what the 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 psychological toll of slavery, then I, yeah, I think Twelve Years a Slave is a much. Oh, it's movie. it's the superior movie. Oh, and the and the SJWs hated Steve McQueen as well, by the way, who's a black man. Said because he's not English, because he's not American. Wow. So how could he possibly know about? Anyway, so I think the point, you know, as far as the here's what I, as much as I try not to have, you know, it's very hard to not let make the culture infect your the way you gravitate towards things. And let's just put it this way. As soon as internet lefties... It's gotten so bad to me. This is what it looks like to me. As soon as internet lefties seem to hate something, I immediately grab, go towards it to think, oh, this must be something good that I'd probably like. Here's how far apart I am from them. Like w- as far as in my in my sensibility goes. How'd that work like, out when you watched Unwanted? Oh, Unwanted... <laughs> and I, I actually... <laughs> I mean, unwanted was terrible for for the wrong reasons, but I yeah. still agree with the internet lefties who, who, uh, who think that blocking. I mean, unwanted, unlike uh, you know, once upon a time, is unwanted is, is a fucking history? objectively awful movie. Well, it's a re- it's revisionist biology, uh, well, and it's revisionist. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised you watched it because yeah. I, I, for one, I didn't, and for another, uh, you asked me to fucking watch it. <laughs> Yeah, but why then you I, asked me to then watch when you it, said it was for terrible, the show? Then when you said it was but terrible, you I told you we didn't it. have to do that. But you, I thought you would watch it. Why would you ask me? I, to I watch watched. It? I watched. You literally do zero homework <laughs> for this thing. I'm the only one who fucking does anything. <laughs> I watched part right. of it. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah, like from what I understood, it was uh, someone who was all gung ho for her job at Planned Parenthood. Until she found out that they were secretly murdering babies in the back and using their parts. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, the movie opens. Everyone just looks like they live in Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> just perfectly curled hair. Yeah, they're, they're all... Because they're good. The God whole town is filled Christians. with soccer moms. She has a bad marriage. God's to a guy not dead. To, you know, she has a... She has a... You know, she has a marriage with a... With a really bad dude, and you know he's a bad dude because he's wearing a, he has a he, he has a goatee and wears an Ed Hardy <laughs> shirt, wears hair gel, you know and is also a ginger. So gross, right? <laughs> I don't know. That guy sounds like he fucks, despite the fact that he's a ginger. Yeah, that guy is uh, getting out his ginger rod everywhere he can. Yeah. So the whole end plan, like I'm watching this, is like, this is the movie that you're fucking upset about. This is the movie that you're asking people to that you're banning. No one will watch this piece of shit. Yeah, like, that, that's like when people got upset about the Atlas Shrugged movies. And I don't I don't know a single person who saw those. I mean, it, it, the, the movie that, that there's one. I mean, there's such a I didn't I said that there's no funny scenes, but there's this was one. There is one hilarious, unintentionally hilarious scene where she. So the movie is about a, a lady who works at a planned parenthood and every day she goes by the protesters outside the planned parenthood and she has to talk to the she has to prevent the patients from going into the 
into the clinic and uh, there's <laughs> she pulls up one day and she there's a there's a lady who's who's walking into the clinic with her 2 year old or 3 year old and the lady's mother is standing is just banging on the um on the gates of the planned parenthood saying right. Sharonda we'll let we'll let you you and you and Jenny can can stay in our in, in our house you don't have to do it you don't have to do it please god please god <laughs> <laughs> she just starts screaming yelping like that scene in hereditary where tony collette cries through three separate scenes yeah she's just screaming and i mean i just started laughing and then <laughs> fuck where did they get this lady she they just got like precious or someone like that to just come in and Just, just yell sapphire. outside this abortion gate <laughs> and then this, then she wins the court case against the planned parenthood uh cuz she goes to the other side she becomes a protester and then they sue her and she wins the case against the planned parenthood and as she's moving out as she's going out she looks at the director the manager of the planned parenthood or whatever and she says looks to her husband who a christian husband and says is it wrong that i just want to fucking punch her in the face uh, or something like that and he's like fucking no i just want to punch her in the face and then the <laughs> the you know the whatever uh, ultimate frisbee playing uh, ult- ult- dude on you know with I'll the, do a uh, pay. yeah no he says no no honey that's my job <laughs> and they both laugh. <laughs> then he then he punched a woman in the face. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. He should have just jacked yeah, he should have just totally fucking just, just ran up and just fucking yeah. knocked her to her. This is for Jesus. <laughs> knocked her fucking teeth God. out. Yeah. God's wearing an Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> uh, He's got his sunglasses on backwards. I mean, and the end of the movie has a bull, like all of these fucking local morons they all like every you know dental assistant working in rase <laughs> just crowded around every financial planner everyone crowded around this planned parenthood yelling yeah so the planned parenthood has to close and they bring a bulldozer in and like as though they're removing the statue of saddam hussein <laughs> they pull down the the planned parenthood sign and they're like oh! They're all like fucking crazy. They're going the crazy. The ghost of Ronald Reagan is giving a thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, please the, pull down that Planned Parenthood. And I was like, you guys, this is ridiculous. These people are fucking fools. No one is going to watch this. I would have never watched this dumb shit. I would have never watched this dumb fucking movie <laughs> if it hadn't been for my moron fucking podcast per- co-host telling me about it. I wouldn't have even known about this. Like I, just, I wouldn't even know I about this. I just saw this. an ad for it at the fucking cork board at work for showing at a church for ten dollars a ticket. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that movie that everyone's upset about. I didn't even know people were upset about it. No one would have known this fucking movie. Apparently, there was a big campaign against Cineplex because some of their locations decided to screen it. 
Everyone in Chipman is going to go watch this. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to play it at the Chipman trailer park. Oh, my like God. Like the back of Jed's Holy fucking air, shit. air horn camper. All the fucking... It's going to be playing at the Sussex Drive-In. <laughs> right after Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are we going to do? Everyone in... Double feature of yesterday and unplanned. It's going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're going to be playing fucking... Uh, playing this at the St. Andrew's Bingo Hall. <laughs> I watched it as a Chinese uh, uh, theater rep, by the way. Oh, awesome. I torrented it. Uh, not the best quality, but I don't think it required the best quality, to be honest. I, I couldn't find a decent torrent of it. Like I, A I, decent torrent of it? Like, I couldn't find one that seemed to work, so I just oh, gave okay. up. So I, I watched clips on YouTube. Oh, okay. Anyway. I mean, we yeah, could, I watched we could have watched it together, I guess. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to make it through the whole thing. You want to go to uh, the Sussex Drive-In and watch him play it? Yeah, no. Um, with Hobbs and um, Yeah, no. Anyway. With, with Annabelle creation? Double Who would have cared about this? Like, this science, it's just so stupid. Like, it's sometimes they're, they're the, drawing the, the, the attention to it, if anything. The debate over abortion seems so stupid. Like, the... the who cares about whether it's a life or not? Like, if, if they if the, if, the point is whether or not whether or not it's good for the fucking, you know, whether it's good whether it's good for the mom and the kid to have the fucking baby in the first place, and just decided on that. Like, whether yeah. or not, like, all of the pro-abortion people and the anti-abortion people, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Whether or not it, whether or not life begins when life begins. Here's the answer: We don't know. It's possible. But we don't. We have no idea. There's no way to tell. There's the. That's what the real answer is. I'm it's st- like the idea of when a person is an adult. I'm still waiting for you. life to begin for me. I mean, like, yeah. I live with two forty-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. It's a. It's a. It's just stupid. It seems like such a stupid thing. Like both people are like, my body, my, you, my body, my choice. Well, you're killing the children. You're like, both of you. You. You're looking at the wrong thing. You have to understand. Like, it, it, regardless of whether it's your body or it's a child's body, you have to figure out what is the right, like, what is, why it is that people conduct these, you know, yeah. have these abortions, whether or not it's good for, you know, people to have them if they're, you know, financially whatever, destitute, or if it's in a, it's in a bad situation. Whether or not it's your body or the child's body, it's immaterial. Forget about it. You're, you're never going to solve this debate unless you decided to understand the nature of consciousness which i don't think neither of you guys want to do because i don't think you guys neither of you people are interested in neuroscience at all no it's very hard very very few people understand the nature of consciousness either like like people who study it don't really understand it where it comes from people don't really know why is it that in canada that we have you know the the age of adult when someone is considered an adult 19 where it is 21 in the u.s what are the what's the difference of those two years, Vic? No idea. It's just arbitrary. We've just decided that it's nineteen here, twenty-one here, sixteen in Europe. We have no idea. We're, like, we're just fucking making it up along as we go along. As far as when, when adult, it's similarly. It the same thing goes for conscious. The same the same thing goes for um, sentience, which is when does a fetus become sentient? The real answer is that uh, I don't know. We just maybe eight weeks. Nine weeks? I don't, we, we don't <laughs> like, really... You know, you're like, the real answer is nine weeks. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the you heard second, it here first, first trimester, second trimester. I, we don't know. Our solved the riddle. Nine weeks. No, we have no idea, right? <laughs> That's what the answer is. But the the, yeah. the better the, the better question or the better concern rather is whether or not does the situation call for an abortion. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's where. It and by situation, you mean this podcast? Yeah, no. Well, this should absolutely be aborted. Yeah, just taken out back and shot. <laughs> well, speaking of which, you probably have a gig this weekend, don't you? Yeah, don't you too as well? We may, maybe, we maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Saturday, Fredericton charity, three funny guys in a car. Now four funny guys in a car. Yeah. To bring up uh, the lovely Austin Hill, who got his nipple caught in a McDonald's ice cream machine. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, no. <laughs> Not that I can think of, anyway. Something at a five and dime. Uh, Something at well, No Jokes Bar towards the end of the month, I think. Well, so sep- September 14th, I'm opening for Mark at Chuckles. Yeah. One of his last shows. Yeah. Uh, all right, then. Well... Thanks for listening, everyone.